Ender and the media spin doctors The Flick. And check out Doin' Time for news, views and tunes on prison issues from Guantanamo Bay to Christmas Island to prisons and detention centres everywhere. Every Monday at 4pm on your community radio 3CR. We are still fired up and we're still talking about revolution. Hello and welcome to the Doin' Time Show. This is 3CR Community Radio, 855am on the dial, streaming live on www.3cr.org.au. This is Marissa and I'll be taking you through until 5 o'clock this evening. Um, and just wanted to say that pretty soon we're going to be speaking with um, with Brian Morley, who is a wonderful Indigenous musician and Stolen Generations Advocate, and Peter has prepared um, a pre-recorded interview with him, and stay tuned to listen to that interview, along with with some live music that he's going to be playing. Um, just before we launch into that interview, um, also to let you know that we'll be speaking very briefly with Ali um, as a follow-up to Refuge, World Refugee Day. Um, Ali is imprisoned in Maita Detention Centre at the moment. Um, just very quickly, I wanted to read out some more donations. Um, from Radiothon, our target is $850. We now have 735 And the donation is from Stephen Langford, $50. Thank you very much, Stephen. Um, and, and yeah, l- lovely. Thank you very much indeed. And a cheerio to Vivian as well. Susan Peterson, $100. Um, and there's also an anonymous donor. Um, who's paid $100, for, donated $100. Thank you very much. And Meredith Butler, $15. And so um, total so far is $735. Thank you very much to all our listeners and supporters who have donated um, for the Doing Time show. And um, later on I'll give you details um, of, of how to pay in case people want to donate more. Please donate to all shows at 3CR. It's not too late to donate. Um, okay, so we're going to be now going coming through with this um, pre-recorded interview. So settle down and relax. Um, it's quite a long one, but do do um, listen because it's it's very important and crucial. Hello, welcome to the Doing Time Show. We have in the guest Brian Morley, and he's a magician. Um, <laughs> Muso. <laughs> I'll answer to anything. Yeah. Um, anyhow, um, what, what's your background, Brian? Um, um, my name's Brian Cameron Morley. Uh, Morley's my adopted name. Uh, yeah. Cameron's my birth name. Right. I didn't find that out until I was 28 years old, and uh, that's when my journey um, really started trying to find out who I was and where I was from. I've traced my family through my grandmother's side back to Ebenezer Mission, uh, which is um, sort of northwestern Victoria. I was born in Horsham, spent the first two and a half years in um, Dimboola, and then they put my brother, my sister, and myself on a train and um, sent us to Melbourne. and um, when I found out at 28 that uh, I had a connection to the oldest surviving culture on the planet, you know, why yeah. wouldn't I, you know, uh, be proud of that which I am? Yeah, that's right. Um, I believe that uh, my mobs were Jabalak. I'm not sure whether that's the correct pronunciation. I've heard it said a few ways. Yep. 
which is part of Jardwajali, Jardwajali Nation. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm a very proud Aboriginal man, uh, very proud Australian. I think we're a great country, but we can be even greater. And one of the things that holds us back is uh, Aboriginal issues. That's it. Um, so where's Jabba Jabba? Jardwajali. Jabba Jabba, It's yeah. up around the Grampians, Horsham, oh, right. uh, northwestern Victoria. Yeah. All oh, right. So... You, you'll come to play a few songs and we'll talk more about the Stolen Gender stuff as mm-hmm. well. So um, what are you going to play for us now? Um, well, I started writing poetry as a form of ther- therapy about when I was about 30. And uh, when I was 32, I uh, decided to pick up a guitar and I borrowed a guitar off a friend. And um, this is one of the first songs I, I came up with. Uh, it's a song called Dreamtime, which is my story about Uh, my experience of Stolen Gen. Hope you enjoy. Taken from my family to a white man's world Anglo-Saxon attitudes were the ones that I was told Always felt different, somehow alone Wanting that feeling that a family of my own Looking for my dream time Thought there's somewhere if I learn that my dream time it'll ease the heartache and despair. But will I find my dream time? How many out there care? Where is my dream time? Can you take me there? Who can you take me? Talk with him would make my life complete Together at the start At least we had each other Why did they part us As parents we must suffer Looking for my dream time Thought there's somewhere And 
Oh, thanks, Brian. That's awesome. Um, so you were talking before about um, off air about um, you did some work on Refugee Week. Yes, I was uh, lucky enough to be asked to play. I think it's the Westvale Community Centre in St Albans. Oh, cool. Part of uh, Brimbank Council, yeah. uh, the neighbourhood sort of houses that they have uh, running out that way. Uh, and it was fabulous. Uh, there was a lot of African women there from mainly South Sudan or Sudan. Yeah. And uh, wearing all of, you know, their colourful sort of traditional clothing. It was great. Well, yeah. it was funny, though. They, <laughs> um, they had a break halfway through for a, a feed. Yeah. And they were, you know, having a barbecue and, and stuff. And I'm thinking, oh, beautiful. Well, there'll be some exotic food happening here. <laughs> But it was just like any other Aussie barbie. It was sausages and <laughs> you know, funny. and salads and uh, on bread and rolls. You know, so it could have been any Aussie barbie. But uh, <laughs> here I am thinking I'm going to have some exotic African food, but not to be. Oh, that's strange. Yeah, I was talking to my mum. She was saying she lives in Mildura. She said that there's a um, World Refugee Week event there, and they had. Or different food. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I was hoping, but it was like any other Aussie Barbie. It was, you know, I had to laugh to myself, so. Yeah. yeah. So um, you were saying that um, some people got touched by, was it that song? Yeah, um, and uh, that song sort of, to me, it's, it sort of says, from my perspective, about how I've always sort of felt like I'm on the outside looking in. Yeah. Um, and and I think refugees probably feel a bit that way as well. So there was a few come up and, you know, talked to me afterwards and indicated that they really related to that. So that was nice, you know. I mean, well, that's awesome. And music's, a, you know, it's a powerful thing, music. Uh, mm. It really is an international language. Yeah, you know? it gets you um, people together. Yeah, I mean, and even there was a woman did um, some... Songs in Dinka, I think, is the language. Oh, wow. Didn't oh, understand awesome. a word, but yeah. didn't matter. It was awesome. It was joyful. Yeah, yeah. And one of the songs that she did must have been like a, a, a crowd sort of favourite at things over in Sudan because yeah. all of the crowd were into it, you know, and there's this <laughs> thing they were doing with their clicking fingers while wow. she was singing. So, cool. yeah, it was. I didn't understand a word, but it didn't matter. <laughs> no, it wouldn't. So um, could you tell us a bit more about the stolen gen gen stuff? Yeah, I look I um I found out I was adopted when I was sixteen. Yeah. And that was no great surprise. You know, it was ah, right, that's what it was. I knew something wasn't quite right. Yeah. But for whatever reason my adoptive parents um didn't tell me or possibly didn't even know mm. about uh, you know, where I'd come from prior to them adopting me. Yep. Um it, the stories that I heard from my mum was uh, when they put us on the train and sent us to Melbourne, we were taken to Tirana. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's got a nice-sounding name, Parkville Reception Centre, but you know, basically Tirana, a yeah. jail. Uh, I was two and a half, and I spent Jeez. six or eight months there. They used to come and pick me up on Sundays and go out for Sunday drives, and apparently it was OK getting me out, but I'd be kicking and screaming and carrying on when they had to drop me back in the afternoon. I don't blame you. Um, so I don't know whether there was someone or something in there that, you know, was doing things they shouldn't have been. I don't know. I can't, yeah, yeah. I can't remember, but apparently I did not want to go back. Just um, scary in hell. Yeah, well, you know, one minute I've woken up in the family at home with my mm. brother, sister, mum, 
my grandmother and my uncle. Mm. Uh, my uncle, from what I can tell, was uh, employed at the local abattoirs in Dimboa. All right. Uh, my mum worked as a maid at the Victoria Hotel for 20 years or something. So yep. it's not as if they were sitting around doing nothing. Yeah. And she said to me when I saw her, I met her for the first time again when I was 32. Yeah. Um, she said there was a, a family in town, mum and dad used to spend a lot of time in the pub. And yeah, right. more often than not, the kids would be sitting on the front step waiting for them to, you know, stagger out at six o'clock yeah. when the pub closed. Uh, and she said, why didn't they take them? Hello? You know, because they, they weren't Indigenous kids. Yeah. You know? Um, and that's just reminded me of when uh, we went up to see me mum, uh, she lived diagonally, diagonally opposite the Victoria Hotel. Oh, yeah. So we went over to the bistro for a can of tea and everybody in the town knew who I was before I even got there. Oh, you're Mary's son, you know. Yeah. Um, and we're in the bistro and this elderly couple came in and the, you could cut the air with a knife, any of them. Really? I felt it. Uh, I didn't say anything and my wife felt it and we talked later on. Yeah. And it turns out that was the policeman who came and removed us. Oh, wow. And his wife. Jeez. You know, um, so that was a bit spooky, you know, having them in the same room, but didn't realise that until afterwards when Mary said, you know, oh, that was the policeman, you know. Uh, So whether they came in to check out who, you know, what I was like, I don't know, but like I said, uh, my reputation had preceded me before we got there. Oh, you're Mary's son, you know. Yep. So, um, yeah, she was probably proud that, you know, we were coming and was letting everybody know. Uh, but I'd like to say there's been a happy ending to the story. I've met my brother and sister as well. That's really good. Uh, but we've all got issues. Um, we're all damaged goods. Mm. You know, there's no Cinderella ending to the story. Yeah. Um, and from what I gather being involved with other stolen gens, it's pretty typical that, yep. you know, there's not the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow when you find your family and, you know, rah, rah, rah. So, yeah. Um, having said that, though, I, I've always felt like I was one of the luckier ones in that I was adopted into one family. I yeah. wasn't shunted around from foster home to foster home to All foster home ones. like my brother was, Yeah, for example, and that's had a profound impact upon him. Um, but, yeah, like I said, even though I feel like I'm one of the luckier ones, it's still had a profound impact on me that's probably affected me till today you know i feel alone in the world yeah um i uh i i want to, i want people in close but if they get too close i push them away and you know and i think that's a defense mechanism that was developed you know way back when mm, um true. so yeah stolen generation now that's what i was going to say sorry yeah. and it's happening now all over again. Yeah, well, apparently the kids are being removed at a you know greater rate than you know in the past, which is yeah. you know it's a tragedy. Yep. I I don't really I'm not up with exactly what goes on, but I I'm, I've sort of have some uh, inkling that they uh, they're trying to put them with either direct family members in the community or other Aboriginal people rather than just, you know, completely isolating them from their culture. Yeah. Which, you know, I suppose that's one upside of it, but it shouldn't be happening in the first place. No. 
and they have all excuses about um, not looking after the kids properly and they but it's like I was watching this doco about it and saying that um, that it's a different culture, you know, Aboriginal culture is different than white man culture. Yeah, there's still that conflict between yeah. cultures um, yeah. that goes on. But, you know, look, especially urban quarries, you know, we're in the 21st century now. Yeah. You've got to get with the program. You yeah. Know, or else you get left behind by the world. Yeah. Uh, I'm finding that in my own personal way in that uh, the reason I played at this community house was I was doing a, com- a computer course for beginners. Oh, right. <laughs> you know, that's where how I sort of got involved in them and I told them I'm a muso and that's what led to yesterday. Oh, cool. Um but yeah, I, you know, I have to get with the strength, get with the, the the game, you know, as far as computers go, or else I'll be left behind, you know. And I think, you know, like I say, especially for urban quarries, you don't live a traditional life or yeah, you know, semi-traditional true. life. Yeah, you know, it's the twenty-first century now. We've got to get with the program and and get in step with the world, or else we'll be out of step forever. Yeah, you know, and. Um, that can't be a good thing, you know. Uh, we are a great country, mm. but we can be even greater and we can be a beacon of light for the rest of the world to say, look, we've got every nation on the planet living here pretty successfully, Yep. but we can't do that with a clear conscience as a country until black issues here are resolved. That's right, yeah. You know, it's the longest surviving culture on the planet. If that's not worth celebrating by the whole country, what is? Yeah. You know, oh, let's celebrate, you know, a battlefield where our best and brightest were slaughtered, you know. Yeah, yeah. Let's celebrate something profound and good, not, you know. I've never bought into the theory that, you know, that's when we were became a nation when, you know, at Gallipoli, you know, and, <laughs> and things like that, you mm. know. No, there must be better ways to prove your nationhood. That's true, yeah. You know, and, and the negative stereotypes that abound still. That's oh, where yeah. Dark Emu and its follow-up book by Bruce Pascoe, is it? Yeah, yeah. It's fabulous, you know. Uh, the first farmers on the planet, you know, the first this, the first that. But all it gets seen is, you know, pissed in the, the uh, dry riverbed in Yellow Springs or whatever. Mm. You know, the negative stereotypes. Oh, yeah, taking over, um, you know, getting land rights means to live, on, live in the backyard or something. Yeah, well, you know, think. white Australia don't understand, you know, and no. you know what goes on. I, if I had my way, that uh, the Aboriginal map of Australia would be in every classroom in the country. Yeah, because that says heaps of things at one glance. Apart from what all the nations were and where they were, but the uh, spiritual connection to land concept. Yeah. If you're in, born in the pink bit here, you're not interested in the yellow bit to your north or the green bit to your east. Yeah. You're only interested in your land, you know? Yeah. And that, to me, it says in one look, uh, approves spiritual connection to the land. That, uh, you know, you didn't look over your neighbour's fence and go, oh, I think I'll have a bit of what they've got, you know, <laughs> which is what... You know, non-Indigenous people tend to do. Yeah, I know. When it, when it came out, people thought that. I mean, you know, when this land rights legislation has come out yet, hasn't it? 
Well, you know, there's still a lot of work to be done about, you know, redress. Right? Yes. Why Australia doesn't understand the concept of redresses, mm. making up for past injustices. Yeah, true. Yeah, you know, I don't know whether a um, a truth and reconciliation thing would be worth having like they did in South Africa. Oh, yeah. See, truth. you know, you can clear the decks and get rid of all of the crap and then you can move forward. mm you know, and if people are, you know, look, a lot of people in today's world uh, have had nothing to do with, I'm talking about non-Indigenous Australia, have had nothing to do with the situation that Aboriginal people find them in. Yeah. But collectively as a country, I think they are responsible. A bit like Kevin Rudd taking it on, you know, to say sorry. Yeah. Collectively as a country, you know. Yep. Um, these are all healing steps, I think, you know, and we need to heal as a country before we can fulfil our real potential. That's right, yeah. Black and white, yeah. you know. Housing is the real key for Indigenous people, mm. urban and, you know, traditional people up in the north. Um, if your kids haven't got a safe, you know, environment to, um, to sleep in and grow up in, well... Uh, it's going to make it very hard to study in. Yep. Uh, you know, if there's 20 people living in the same house, how are you going to be studying for year 12? Yeah. That's and it. things like that. You know, we need to address the the housing issue. You know, that's the key to it. And also one of the major keys for me is reading, the ability to read. Yeah. If you, if you can't read properly, you can't operate a computer to its optimum, you know, level. Mm-hmm. Uh, spell check will get you so far, but, you know, you need to be able to read. And I would really push um, that for communities. Yep. You know, making sure kids have got access to books and, you know, although I'm old school, books are sort of on their way out now, I suppose, but, you know. Yeah, they are in a way. Some people, uh, a lot of people are into them too. I think they'll never completely die out. Uh, no. You know, it's, it's nice having that, you know, physical thing in your hand and turning yeah. the page and, you know, whatever. But for me, reading is the key. Uh, yep. You know, and that could lead, that opens up all sorts of doors. Uh, but if you can't read, then you're behind the blackboard before you even start. Yeah. As I said before, we're in the 21st century. We need to get, you know, with the program. Yeah. And that includes, you know, literacy and numeracy. Um, these things need to be improved. And mm. when that happens, more kids will be going to university and taking on professions and, you know, yeah. the flow-on effect. Yep. But it all starts with being able to read. Yep. And, you know, we need to, in some ways, try and instill a love of reading in the young kids, you know, not force them to read. You know, you have to yeah, want to, you know, yeah. have a love of reading. Yep. You know, uh, I'll never climb Mount Everest, but I'm sure I'll be able to read a book that will take me there. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's the beautiful Imagination thing. You can live vicariously through other people's, you know, mm. uh, endeavours and travels and stuff, you know. And it opens yeah. up a whole new world when you can read and you can visualise those words in your head. They become pictures. Yep. It's a beautiful thing. That's it. So um, we'll just go to an announcement and we'll come back and maybe play a song or something.
We jailed black males in Australia nationally at a rate five times greater than apartheid South Africa jailed black males in 1993. The suicide and self-harm rates are the highest in the world and the life expectancy gap is the biggest in the first world. You know, Australians don't like hearing the truth about how bad things are, but the more we resolve from it, the longer this is going to continue. Black fella, white fella, it doesn't matter what you colour. Mainstream media is not interested in this stuff. It doesn't find space to talk truthfully and deeply about issues that affect all Australians. The only place predominantly you will find that with any real depth is on community radio, and 3CR has been one of the great leaders in that. So if people are wondering where they should spend their hard-earned cash, I would suggest 3CR is a bloody good place to start. What your name is, we... When our thoughts collide It's a cosmic gold mine With differing points of view We are all stardust And in our gods we trust and learn, think, and then act. Put your ego in place and stare at and shines to help clear our minds and give us all a clue connection to land goes hand in hand with what we Listen and learn, think and then act. Put your ego in place and spare it in time. Oh, thanks, Brian. That, that, that's we, we have Brian Morley on um, on in, in the studio at the moment. Um, we just talked about stolen generation issues, and um, have you got anything else to say, Brian, about stolen gen um, issues? And 
I've, it's, it's been um, sort of in, you know, different things that I've watched over, you know, the last two or three years about how um, a lot of people, when they identify as being Aboriginal, mm. um, non-Indigenous people sort of don't believe them, you know. Uh, mm. Or oh, you're too white or you're too pretty or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, but, you know, uh, I think community understands that, you know, we come in all shades. That's um, and you're not going to get blue-black people in Victoria like you might in Arnhem Land, uh, yeah. for example. Yeah. You know, this is where most of the damage was done. This part of the country, yep. uh, you know, all of the languages that were obliterated. Uh, there were quite a few spoken in Victoria, you know, before the white fella came, and um, there's not many much left of any of them uh, anymore. I don't, I'm not sure whether anybody can actually speak any of the Victorian languages fluently anymore. Yeah. This is, you know, I know there's bits and pieces of language, you know, that have been preserved, but as far as being able to speak it fluently, I'm, I'm not sure. And oh, that's, right. that's a tragedy, you know. Yeah. Uh, Forty plus thousand years to develop a language, and within a short space of time, obliterated. You mm. know? And all of the knowledge, and um, you know, the bush medicines and stuff that that went. Uh, I I always think uh, back to. Um, the, the gist of one of Archie Roach's first songs. Uh, and it was basically, it was so much we could have told you people when you came here, but mm. you didn't ask us. No, just... You yeah. know, uncivilised savages, what would they know? How could they teach us anything? Yeah. You know, and that was, that was the problem right from the word go. And it, it still is in some ways. You know, my daughter copped uh, doubts as to her academic abilities. Really? And she got an ATR score of 90 odd. You wow. Uh, so she's not stupid, you know. Yeah. In in that sense, uh, but there's more than one way, more than one form of intelligence. Yeah. You know, you don't That's need to have a doctorate hanging on the wall to be, you know, intelligent in your own way. I think, you know, and yeah. black fellows certainly were very intelligent and capable people. I mean, never seen horses before, but within a short space of time, they were out riding the white guys. <laughs> you know. Uh, True. The, they, there's a saying about Australia was built on the sheep's back. Well, I mm. think the sheep were on the blackfellas back, um, you know, as well as the cattle. Yeah. You know, the cattle and the sheep industry owe a lot to black input, you know. Yeah. Paying them nothing. Slave wages, uh, yeah. I just, you know, I've always sort of felt like, it's my role to bring this to people's attention that might not necessarily know about such things. Um, mm. I've got a, another song called uh, It's Not About that I wrote when Kevin Rudd apologised. Yeah. I listened to a lot of talkback radio. There was a lot of the redneck bogan element from the shallow end of the gene pool where all they were focused on was if some people like me might get some money, you know. How much oh, are they yeah. going to get? Yeah, what have they awesome. ever done? Yep. You know? But they could give me a million bucks and it wouldn't fix my head or my heart up. Yeah. You know, yes, I'd be able to pay the bills and, you know, blah, 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 but yep. it wouldn't fix my soul. Yeah. You know, no matter how much money they gave me. So yeah. I wrote that song in response to that. Um, pretty proud of that song because it attacks oh, yep. Stolen Gen from a slightly different angle. Yep. Um, I remember what I was going to say. Um, Someone was telling me yesterday that um, Burke and Wills drowned and like all these 
all the black fellas would tell them what, what to eat, but they didn't take any notice and they, they, uh, well, they starved. That's, they? that's the sort of a, a sore point with me, especially every time mm. I go around past the zoo when I see the Stone Can Monument to Burke and Wills. Yeah. Now, like Gallipoli, that was an abject failure. Yeah. And yet we glorify it. Yeah, we never hear about their offside a king who got over himself and went and asked the local people for their assistance and they were only too happy to give it to him and help him. Yeah. He lived. Yeah. But we never hear about him. Mm. We only hear about Burke and Wills. Apparently they shot at the the locals, so the locals have gone, well, stuff you. Yeah. And um, they were apparently eating berries that needed to be cooked to get rid of the toxins. Yeah, they didn't uh, take notice, apparently. No. So oh, what would these black people know? You know we're <laughs> white. We know everything. You know? Yeah. Well, they paid the price. But we glorify them. Yeah, yeah. I don't. <laughs> but, well, obviously, a lot of people do. You know, all yeah. the monuments to them, you know, heading north through Victoria. Yeah. Dirk and Wills, well, they died from their white arrogance, from what I can, and what mm. I can work out. Domination and stuff. Well, you know, Shane Howard uh, said to me um, once that he identifies and has empathised with Aboriginal people because of his Irish background. Yeah. And he put it thus, that the English started uh, refining their techniques for controlling the locals in Ireland, Mm. and so by the time they reached Australia's shores, they'd perfected the techniques. Yep. And the fact is that Stone Age people on foot Yep. against people on horses with guns who knew how to use them. Not a fair fight. No, not at all. And so black fellas, you know, had, you know, uh, no hope of sort of beating the British Yeah. in, in a military sense. Yeah, Although, yeah. you know, that's another myth that abounds that um, there was no resistance from black people here. There was. Oh, yeah, there was. I, yeah. I know up around my, my mob... Uh, uh, had a resistance there up around in the Grampians because they realised the horses couldn't follow them over the rocks and yep. up in the Grampians. So they, you know, they staged a, I suppose, a guerrilla war from there. <laughs> uh, but, you know, Stone Age weapons against modern weapons, you know, mm. once again, not a fair fight. Yeah. So. Yep. Did you want to play that song you were just talking about? Yeah, the one that kept when I wrote when Kevin Rudd apologised. Yeah, yeah. Sort of. It's not about the money. Not about the toys, it all about the hugs and kisses I missed when I was a boy, a boy. It's not about the trips away or the shoes on my feet, it all about my brother gone and my sister not to me. not about intentions the road to hell is paved it all about the damage done how many can be saved can be saved 
And you're with Freecia 855am. Um, we have Brian Morley in the studio. We talked about Stolen Generation and he's playing some cool tunes. Um, Brian, um, have you got any CDs out? Or? I've got some things on SoundCloud that I did 10, oh, 11 years ago. Yeah. Um, if you go to Brian Morley Music on Facebook, there's links to SoundCloud there. Oh. Um, and... <laughs> Um, still spins me out. I've actually got <laughs> a web page that I paid someone to set up. It's, oh, right. uh, Brian Morley Music um, dot com, I think it is. Uh, but yeah, there's uh, that song's on there with an interview I did that went on NITV and you know blah 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 blah. <laughs> um, but I'm uh, I'm in the process of trying to sort out some other people to record with me at the moment. Uh, I've got heaps oh, of songs. Yeah. I've just uh, put down 24 rhythm tracks with vocals, uh, mainly to see what I've actually got to work with. I've just got so many songs, I couldn't see the forest for the trees, so I've had to put them into a format where I can work out what I've actually got. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've got some great songs, um, but uh, it's just a matter of getting the right people to play on play on it with me. Uh, yeah. Some songs I think will suit just doing them pretty stripped back, but other songs need, you know, sort of a full band sort of thing happening with them, I think. So. Oh, that'll be, look forward to that. Yeah, I don't want to just play the same song ten times, you know, on an nah. acoustic guitar. I want to entertain people. 
Yeah. What I aspire to at gigs is taking people on a trip. Yeah. You know, if people are willing to come on a journey with me, we will be some highs and lows, but yep. hopefully we finish on a high and everybody goes away happy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've got a few crowd participation things. Oh, cool. Awesome. Which, uh, when you play live. Yeah, when you, um, you know, got the right audience that are into it, it's a really nice thing. Yeah. Uh, it must be such a buzz for, you know, bands like the Stones or whatever, they're playing to 100,000 people and they're singing the song back at them, you know, without yeah, them doing must, anything. That must be a real buzz when the crowd does that. Totally, yeah. All right, thanks for that. Um, we'll wrap it up. Um, thanks very much for coming in. Um, thanks, Peter. I really uh, cool. always appreciate any opportunities to sort of, you know, uh, get the message out there. Yeah, know, that's It's all true, about, yeah. like I said at the start, communicating yeah. you know, with people. And yeah. If non-Indigenous Australia are not aware of, A, what happened... Mm. And B, what impact that has had, yeah. then things like this can only be a good thing to try and educate people. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, and, and another thing too is that ignorance is no longer an excuse for anybody. Uh, yeah, that's it's right. all there at your fingertips on the internet if you want to find out anything about anything. Yeah. And that includes Aboriginal people. Yeah, that's. And, you know, uh, exactly right. I, I've, I've done a lot of reading. Um, and I love Henry Reynolds, his series of books. Yep. And the first one I read was Black Pioneers. And what I said before about black people never seen horses before, but they were out riding the white guys in a very <laughs> short space of time. That's what Black Pioneers is about. The oh, input is it? that black people had to the development of this country. Yep. That has gone, you know, largely unheralded, shall we say. Yeah. I've never been to the Stockman's Hall of Fame in Queensland, but uh, I guarantee R.M. Williams has a big sort of display about him. Yeah. But would there be any major displays of individual black stockmen? You know, I'm not sure there would be. No, that's true. Yeah. You know, uh, they'd be no, maybe acknowledged collectively, but, you know, mm. not picked out individually like R.M. Williams, you know, the bootmaker. Yep. You know, uh, it's... A bit skewed, but, you know, I uh, I think if enough people chip away at the coalface in their own little individual ways and we're all heading in the same general direction, yeah. eventually we'll get there where, yeah. we, where we need to be. Yeah. You know, the things that confront community and the country weren't developed in five minutes and they're not going to take five minutes to fix up. Yeah. But as long as we're oh, moving yeah. forward and not going backwards, that's the main thing, I think. Yeah, that's it. It's not moving as forward as fast as, you know, people would like. Uh, but as long as it's moving forward, that's, you know, mm. if we can be thankful for that at least. Okay, thanks, Brian. Um, we'll um, say goodbye. <laughs> thank you for having me, Peter. And um, thank you all 3CR listeners for uh, tuning in to the... Doing Time Show. The Doing Time Show. Thank yeah, you. thanks. Actually, can I just throw in a little anecdote there about yeah. Doing Time? Yeah. I spent my 30th birthday in Ararat Jail for drink driving. Oh, right. And um, I walked into the cell one day and there was half a dozen blokes in there with an out-of-tune acoustic guitar. No one had a clue. Didn't know how to tune it. No one had a clue, including me. <laughs> but I actually said out loud, I reckon I can write songs. And they all, they all laughed at me, right? Yeah. 18 months later, I was reading me poetry out at Footscray Community Arts Centre and that's where, oh, it's right. all, that's where it's all started from. From um, just the being in lock-up. 
Well, yeah, and, you know, I, I was trying to give up uh, alcohol at that point. Yeah. I'm an alcoholic, uh, always yeah. was, always will be, uh, but yeah. I choose not to drink. I haven't had a drink for 22-plus years now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that didn't just happen. Uh, I've had to do a lot of work on myself. And yeah. the management, AA meetings. AA meetings were the thing that worked for me. Oh, did they? Could yeah, I've probably done a 1,000 AA meetings. I've been secretary of the group. Oh, cool. <laughs> Uh, I think it was in Burwood. Um, I, people used to like to come to the meeting that I was secretary of because I made sure I had great cream biscuits and nice lollies. <laughs> and if that's what it took to get people through the door, well, yeah. that was my contribution once a week. Yeah. Buying a heap of nice lollies and, and cream biscuits to get people through the door. So Yeah. You got to uh, need that know, sort of stuff. You got Well, they teach you an AA, you got to give it away to keep it, you know. Yeah. And that was part of that for me. Yeah. Yeah, I went to um, cold turkey myself. Well, you know, was, I tried that. Cigarettes. I tried all sorts of things over the journey, but AA was the one that worked, and it only worked when I decided to really hook in. Mm. There's no point going to one AA meeting a month or once a week or something. You've got to immerse yourself. Yeah, you've got to do you it. You know, I've done 90 meetings in 90 days quite a few times. Wow, that's pretty good. Uh, but, you know, the thing is with AA and with mental health issues as well, it's free therapy mm. seven days a week, three times a day if you want it. Yeah. You know? Yep. And nobody wants anything from you there except to see you get well. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. You know, and unconditional. It's a beautiful thing when it works well, you know. Yeah. But you've got to get with the right people if you, you know, when you're first starting out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just uh, it reminded me, we played at the Atherton Gardens the other week at the oh, yeah. uh, anniversary of the Stolen Gen Memorial. Yeah. I did a song called One Day at a Time. Yep. Pretty self-explanatory. <laughs> had a young bloke come up crying after oh, right. we finished. Said, thank you, mate. I really needed to hear that song. Awesome. He's just yeah. starting out on his journey, you know, of yeah. trying to give up the grog. Trying to give up, yeah. And, you know, and as a songwriter, that's... That's priceless, getting that response from someone, to be able to touch someone, you know. I'll mm. give him a hug and he was quietly sobbing mm. while I was having a chat in his ear, you know, trying to give him a bit of advice. So, uh, as I said in the interview before, music's a powerful thing and can change all sorts of things. Yep, yep. Oh, we're still interviewing. We're still on? Yeah. <laughs> okay. And that was a very powerful interview um, by Peter. Peter prepared the interview. And that was an interview with Brian Morley, a, a wonderful Indigenous musician. And he was also speaking about Stolen Generation. It's approximately 4.47. And um, if you're listening, Brian, a very special thank you to you. And we're hoping to have him back um, as a follow-up um, onto the show at some stage. Very powerful interview. And I'm just going to um, see what's happening with our interview with Ali. Um, he is locked away in Maita Detention Centre. Who knows what's going on over there? Um, we are unable to connect with him at this time, but we will see how we go. So I'll just leave, uh, I'm not going to leave you just yet, um, but I will put in an announcement now about Radiothon, about how to pay. It's not too late to donate. It's not too late to donate. It's not too late to donate to 3CR Radiothon. 
9419-8377 or check our website 3cr.org.au. Three CR Radio that's independent, progressive, and making a difference. We know you love our Three CR Radical Radio T-shirts, and so do we. They're one hundred percent cotton and Australian-made, and you can get one for just thirty dollars. They come in black, dark grey, and a cool light grey. To nab one of these beauties, drop into the station at 21 Smith Street or order by phoning 94198377 or you can visit us online at 3cr.org.au forward slash shop. Come on, you know you want one. Outer Urban Projects and Hume City Council present Hume Studios, a unique performance event taking place in Melbourne's Broadmeadows. Dancers, musicians and vocalists from Islander, hip-hop and classical genres alongside Middle Eastern drummers combine to give you the best of Hume's mighty arsenal of emerging talent. Featuring Milad Noruzi, Ruthie Kaisila, Natasha Hanna, Joseph Samarani, poetry by Didam Kaya, choreography by Dion Nuku and Nicola McCarthy, directed by Irini Vella. Hume Studios, three shows only, Saturday the 29th of June at 4pm and 6.30pm, and Sunday the 30th of June at 3pm. Free entry, but bookings are essential. For more information and tickets, head to outerurbanprojects.org. Outer Urban Projects, a 3CR supporter. And you're back with the Doing Time Show. Then we're welcome to Ali from Mitre Detention Centre. Hello, Ali. Hi, hello, hello, Marusa. How are you? Oh, good. Thanks. We nearly lost you, but you're here. <laughs> yes. Now, Ali, this is going to be very short, as you know. But I'm just wondering yeah. um, if you you said you wanted to talk about a few things. Can you tell us um, what it is? And just to um, refresh listeners' memories. We spoke with Chris Breen last week from the Refugee Action Collective about a court a court win of Ali, which he's unable to talk about on air today because we don't want to have contempt of court. But Ali, as as a, a refugee um, in Mitre, what is it that you need to say today? I just want a justice actually from the government actually to everyone in here, especially the kids in here. Like there is a young kids, about five, I think, in Mitre Detention Centre now in Melbourne. Uh, it's like, what this innocent kid's two-year-old or a three-year-old kid done to to this actually government to actually get locked up in here? It's, it's just not fair. Really not there fair. There are children and, uh, there? Yeah, children. How many? Five. And are they unaccompanied? Uh, yeah, with their, with their family. But what's that to do with them? getting locked yeah. in here and have no access to anything like they get like they get the food not the one they choose they get the food circle choose for them yeah they don't get access to go outside much limited access to everything 
they're stuck in the compound with not many people to socialize, to talk to. It's, it's really bad. It is bad. It, What it is, is happening to people here is an, a, any human, any human life. Like, uh, because of my winning case, they're trying to move me to Sydney as well. They, they're going to move me to Sydney. Sydney? So, Hang on a minute. Your mother doesn't live in Sydney. Your mother's in Western Australia. And yeah, she's got cancer. There's, yeah, oh. but they, they won't put you in Perth because they want to put the pressure on you to sign go back to your country, which is a dangerous country, so you get killed, and then they'll be happy about it. So that, they won't put yeah, you in Perth so you don't get comfortable with your own family and mother. And that. My mother came here in Melbourne, which is she asked border for she said, oh, can I have one one-time dinner with my son? They denied it. They denied even on dinner with my own mother. It's like, what what she done to use not to make her just happy one one hour with me dinner? It's like it's, she it's wanted to bring dinner. Problem. She wanted to bring yeah, dinner she, into you. She was she was trying because the visitors are from six o'clock to eight o'clock at night. Yeah. So she trying to bring dinner with her, and I eat with her like just a hungry jacks or. A, McDonald's meal or KFC or anything or pizza. They said, no, not allowed to. Food not allowed to come into, uh, fresh food not allowed to come into the detention centre. It was never uh, like that before? And never like that before. Never no, no. Ever. And as well, it's like, she's an old sick uh, sick woman. I've seen her, uh, her son for nearly 14 months. I haven't seen her. I just want to be happy. Why? Why? Why wouldn't you give it give it to her and say yes? Okay, no problem. Just come yeah. in with the food. It wouldn't hurt them much. It wouldn't kill them. It's, it's not a prison. Good. It's not meant to be a prison. And in fact, Ali, um, yeah. I used to visit Mitre, as you know, and I've said this on air before, that you, I, I used to bring soup in. In, in. We used to be able to bring lentil soup in containers. We could bring biscuits, bread that was uncovered. You know, we used to have yeah. a spread like a feast there. And everybody used yeah, to sit around the anymore. table. Not anymore. Not anymore. Now only you can bring like just a bag of chips, bag of biscuits, uh, like just nuts or something, like anything sealed up in a plastic bag or a plastic container. Anything else, it cannot be. Unfizzy drinks. So you have seen uh, your mother, Ali? Hey? You have seen your mother though? I have seen her, yeah. I have visited with her another one hour, six o'clock. Uh, she'd be going back to Perth on Wednesday night, nine o'clock at night. She'd be going back to Perth. And, yeah, she's staying at the, uh, my friend's house in here, Helen Fox. There. Yes. She's a refugee, uh, refugee supporter. and She's trying to help my mother just as long as she's in Melbourne until, uh, until she goes back to Perth. Oh, yeah, I, I don't know what this government wanted to from us, just locking us up in here and killing taxpayers' money on us. And instead of that, just release us. Like, is it not enough punishment is locking us up in here for that long? But uh, attacking people, breaking hands. Circo is not professional. Circo employ anyone. They own the newspapers. They employing anyone, not professional people, employees like they're not actually a real security company it's, it's absolutely just really ridiculous ridiculous with with circle they like it just 
disaster. And it so is a disaster. It's just disaster. It's like food is, is not good. It's, it's getting really worse. This is it's been fortnight now. People getting really pissed off. Like I did go lunch today. I, I couldn't eat. No. The curry was uh, it was a curry chicken, but the curry was tastes like water. It's just, disgusting. Uh, it, it's... It, it, it looks red. The curry, but I, I put it in a spoon, I put it in my mouth, it, water. No yeah. taste, no flavor, no nothing. It's, it's so pretty I, gross. I, I couldn't eat it. I couldn't eat it. I couldn't eat the food. A, a gross violation of human rights. Now, Ali, I'm really sorry. We're going to have to cut you off here, but let's get you back um, you. next Monday, shall we? The Monday yeah, coming? Yeah. more than welcome. You can um, call me anytime. Four Thank o'clock? You. Four o'clock? Yeah. And as I say, you know, I'm just going to make a joke here. Be there or be square. You know that, you know that saying? Thank you. <laughs> But um, four, <laughs> four o'clock, and we're going to have a continuation of this discussion um, this Monday. Thank you. We we Thank put you, you on to honour Refugee you. Day, World Refugee Day, yeah. and to have you as a follow up from last week. Thank you so much, Ali. Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you. you much. We'll send you the link All for the right, podcast. Thanks a lot. Yeah, no worries. No bye bye. Thank you. Take bye-bye. care. Bye bye. And that was Ali, um, refugee and asylum seeker, locked away in Mitre. It's approximately 4.57. Beyond Zero is coming up next. Um, and we're going to be going out now with our theme song, Black Fella, White Fella, from the Rumpy Band. And stay safe. See you next week.